Welcome to I Got Back Up, Getting Back Up With. I'm Talia Lazarus, the founder of I Got Back Up, and in August 2021, my life changed. I was in a road accident, which led me to 10 weeks of no walking, knee surgery that September, and then double knee surgery in February 2022. After learning how to walk again in my 20s, my journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. Everybody has a story, and everyone's story is different, but even in the smallest of ways, we can all relate. And as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up, or how, why, and when something happened. We tend not to discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, and the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have the chance to change your story. So come face to face with your fears and step out into the unknown. You don't have to be ruled by those fearful and negative emotions anymore because there is so much beauty and adventure on the other side. You can face all your obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We are stronger together. At age 37, Carly Musa was diagnosed with breast cancer and soon discovered she carried the BRCA1 gene. She had her breasts removed and reconstructed from her tummy tissue. With a hip-to-hip scar and a new belly button, Carly has a smiley face of scars. Now every day she thanks her body for everything and life has become Carly's biggest privilege and gift. We can get knocked again and again. Things can get incredibly hard and dark, but if we just hold on to tiny little things and some days all we can do is crawl, those little movements move us forward. Since her diagnosis, Carly has learned how to show up, be appreciative and grateful for even the most difficult days. Having the knowledge that she has got through some incredibly difficult times, this too shall pass, a foreword she falls back on during her harder moments. Having accepted life happens for you and not to you, her darkest times have ended up being the most enlightening. Acceptance is difficult. Being diagnosed with breast cancer at 37 was not part of Carly's grand plan. But the acceptance of letting go of whomever we thought we were meant to be and connecting with whomever we are can be exciting and liberating. Carly's past is all stories she has about herself. And now she can be whomever she wants to be, starting today. So today's episode, I'm with Carly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. I'm glad we can do this in person. I know. Very happy <laughs> that we got this sorted and we're here today. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be a good chat. Exactly. So the floor is over to you. So okay. wherever you want to start. Um, where should I start? So I guess the whole premise of this podcast is kind of about getting back up and getting through some difficult times. Um, and I, I guess... We've connected through me having breast cancer. Would I say, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been quite a few difficult times before <laughs> that, but that was, um, for me, probably the most transformative mm-hmm. time um, and where I kind of share via social media um, messages of kind of hope and, mm-hmm. I guess, resilience. So for me, breast cancer um, has always just been part of my life, mm-hmm. I think, um, similar have you got some breast cancer in your family too yes. and yeah. yeah so when that that is you know I grew up I was born um maybe a few years after my mum's mum had died from mm-hmm. breast cancer from secondary breast cancer so I never knew her and I just grew up knowing that that she wasn't with us and mm-hmm. I think I guess I don't even know what age it was that I found out it was breast cancer that that she died from um, but I guess definitely in my teenage years, it was it was something that was talked about more and more. 
And then when I was 22, my mum was diagnosed with primary breast cancer. She was 54, 54 at the time. Um, So we were kind of thrust into that world. And it was weird, I think, the day she was diagnosed and she told me and my younger sister at, at the same time, I genuinely felt like there was a thought that just went, oh, so this is happening. Now this is happening. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I'd, it had really been part of my my life that yeah. I'd almost, well, I don't want to say like I bought, I didn't bring it on at all, yeah. but as in I was like, okay, I knew this was going to happen and now it's happening and we're going to deal with it. She went through all of her treatment and she was amazing. Um, and then it came back. And so she died of secondary breast cancer in 2010 mm-hmm. at 59 um and then 10 years later I was diagnosed mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's been a lot of breast cancer yeah. and um my diagnosis actually came about from carrying the BRCA1 gene mutation from my dad's side oh. which is like a very yeah. peculiar twist of yeah. you know the situation um but I think from a kind of perspective of how breast cancer changed me my message is quite a strong one in that I'd feared it for so long. I'd lived in fear of breast cancer. I'd been there when my mum died. I'd watched her, you know, really suffer, like yeah. really, really suffer. Um, and I I guess I told myself that maybe I was going to get it in my 50s because she'd been mm-hmm. that age and her mum had been that age. So I kind of was like, okay, it's hanging over me. And it really was hanging yeah. over me. But so when I got it at 37, it was like, oh, okay, this is a, this is a twist, again, another twist. I was like, this is not how, and it basically just threw open how little we are in control of life. And it was weirdly the most freeing, freeing thing. Yeah. And that's kind of, I guess, where I take things. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, I think we, we've spoken about this. It was like, okay, this has happened now. Mm How am I going to show up? How am I going to face it? Mm -hmm. And how am I going to kind of grow from it, really? Um, So, yeah, so that's a bit about why I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so when, obviously, you did get the diagnosis, I know you said that it was lingering and you kind of maybe thought it would happen. But obviously, you got it much earlier than expected. How did you take it anyway? Um, I don't think I took it very well (laughs) at all. Um, I really, really didn't think it was going to be breast cancer. Like I'd, I didn't have a lump in my breast. So that's another thing is um, I really, really I think it's so important to spread like breast cancer awareness and mm-hmm. the symptoms and signs because there was never a lump to feel in my breast. I had a swelling under my armpit. I was on a chemo ward with my older sister. My older sister is on my dad's side. So she had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer five months before my diagnosis we don't do things by halves as a family. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I I think that was my my thing was I went for the ultrasound by myself. I really thought I was wasting their time. I was like, I, and when it kind of started to snowball and the scan took a bit longer than I was like, okay, something's going on here. He's spending yeah. a lot longer on the left side than the right side. And then it was like, we need to biopsy. We need to do a mammogram. I was just like completely thrown because I was just like, no, 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 I haven't even eaten lunch. And I was planning to go for lunch and then go and see the consultant after. And like, this wasn't part of, this wasn't part of the plan. (laughs) Um, 
so I did kind of tailspin at that point. And then I saw the consultant and he really put my mind at ease and kind of said, you know, what's shown up on the ultrasound really would would show up in in many women your age and it's it's likely to be a cyst. I, I think those are his words. Yeah. But he basically put my mind at ease and said, we're only going to, we're investigating because of the family history of the mm-hmm. BRCA gene mutation. Because it's a bit of a red flag that your lymph nodes are so enlarged, chunky, I think he called them. Um, and so I kind of walked away from that being like, okay, I was all stitched up from the biopsies. He biopsied my underarm and, and my breast. And um, so I was, I kind of like was sore, but I went for lunch, with, dinner with girlfriends. Yeah. Just thought, well, he's convinced me it's not going to be anything. Yeah. Whether that was a coping mechanism or not, I don't know. But I really, truly was just like, because I remember like my husband and my best friend and feeling like their expressions looked like they were scared. Yeah. But I wasn't. I slept really well. So in a way, maybe that was a good thing because I didn't have any of the anxiety that I've since had yeah. since my diagnosis. It was very much just like, okay, they're just doing procedure and it's all going to be fine. So, yeah, so when he called me, because um, he actually said to me, I think he was so convinced it was going to be okay. He said, I'll call you um, when I get the results. So I was in Brent Cross Shopping Centre, <laughs> got this phone call and like, yeah, you're, it's no one can prepare you for it. It really is that it's that kind of slow motion thing. It's that nothing makes sense. He could have been talking, I don't know, like a completely foreign language. Yeah. It was just not going through. It was just like. I even think I might have like, you just gone to the floor, just your legs just give way. So it really is that kind of, you know, what you see in the movies. Mm -hmm. That's probably the only thing that is accurate is like (laughs) when you get really like devastating news, you do kind of, your body just goes like, oh God, protect you, protect you. Um, And then weirdly I was there, it was the day before my daughter's fourth birthday and we were, I was with my best friend and we, I needed to buy batteries. And so after it, it was like, wipe the tears, like, okay. I haven't even told my husband yet, but I need batteries. So you kind of, you know, and it is, it is interesting now having kind of done a lot of healing work and a lot of therapy and things to, to look at it from that perspective and go like, oh God, like I was really in survival mode at that moment. That was like, like, let's not think about this. Let's put it there for a second. And then um, I called my husband on the way home. It was just, it was a horrible, yeah, it was a horrible day. It was a horrible week, I think. There really is no other way to put it. Mm -hmm. It's that you wake up and you go, you know, having lost my mum 10 years ago, I would would liken it to that. It's a grief. It's like, you know, you wake up and you just go, and the memory's there. Oh, God, I've got cancer. Oh, Mm -hmm. God, like, what's happened? Like, is this, um, is this? real like you kind of just you know you want to wake up from from the nightmare really um but then I would say that you're just totally taken into the whole world of medical appointments and Mm -hmm. and it I don't even know when the shift is but you you suddenly you know you start to sleep a bit better again and you start to as human beings we are amazing what we can kind of face go through process and it is that you just need that time to Mm -hmm. you know to go through the motions you can't rush that yeah yeah and I think that's the thing is it's like with anything and not anything in life but a lot of things in life out of nowhere it just hits you one day life just throws you a curveball you know so there you were going to lunch and you went to have a scan and just the curveball hits and it was just like no we're not actually in control of anything whatsoever um and my life before that you know had had quite a few of these curveballs so it's not even like I wasn't that I'd, I'd had I've had a lot of therapy in my lifetime. I've 
spoken about it. I've got, we've got some, um, well, some of my siblings have had like mental Mm -hmm. health um, issues in the past and there's been some really traumatic times there. And so, you know, I've kind of had that experience of this. So also I think that did help in this moment of me being like, okay, I've had this anxious feeling before. I've woken up panicking. Like, I know this is going to pass and I know that this is going to, it's going to be okay again. And actually when my mum died, I was sent the phrase, this too shall pass. And that since then has always been like the four words I do fall back on. Mm -hmm. And I think in those moments, they just, it just helped me in that moment. I was like, okay, this will pass. Like I'm not always going to feel like this. It's temporary. So there was like the foundations of it were there to help me with this next kind of, I don't know, whatever game of Jumanji we're playing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a weird one. <laughs> it's a weird yeah. one, I know. Yeah. It is a weird one. Yeah. But I think that's that you're right in the sense that whatever you're feeling today, whatever it might be, as long as you kind of you hope and you believe like it, yeah. it, it will pass. Yeah. Um and obviously I know people going through, you know, some really terrible things, but it, it does pass or there are days of at least some hope or there are glimmers of hope or light yeah in, in some of the darkest of times incredibly enough I would say that it's the my darkest times that have actually ended up being the most enlightening so yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't wish they'd happened yeah. but I have really accepted that they have and that I think I think it was Tony Robbins that might have said like life happens for you not to you and that was that has been like my mm. thing is that okay a lot of this stuff like I don't see many other families like having all of this like yeah. two cancer diagnosis like you know suicide attempts you know mm. all of this stuff I'm like it's a lot it's a lot yeah. for us but I have to have that mentality of there's some you know there's going to be growth there's going to be hope there's going to be healing there's going to be helping another person and that really is I think what this life is about it really is like sharing stories providing that glimmer of light for somebody that can't see it um and I know I I went looking for it when I was diagnosed and those people I hold so dear to me still like especially in those early days I reached out to, I had some friends in the community already and I reached out to them and their advice and their words and just even hearing like, you're going to get through, like what's, what lies ahead? Like simple stuff. It's not, it's not, you know, I will forever speak to anyone that's diagnosed, anyone that needs to hear those words. Like Mm -hmm. I'll say them, you're going to get through it. Yeah. I think that's the thing as well. It's like, you know, you do sit there and you think, why is this happening to me? You know, it's not happening to them or them or them or them or them or them. them. Like, why is it happening to me? But I think that's like you said is it's usually after we get through it or maybe while we're still going through it, we start to see actually, oh, wait a minute. This is why this is happening to me. Yeah, Um, there's going to be a lesson somewhere in it. There's going to be a way to, to, for us to heal further or Mm. deeper or connect in like, my cancer for me was probably the most open experience I've had. It mm. stripped me entirely of what I mm. thought I was about and actually in so many ways. And then the world locked down. So even more so, I was like, okay, <laughs> now I'm like stripped entirely. And I got no like, you know, network of distractions, or anything like that. And so you go inward and you... Yeah. and. That is where, for me, my, like, ultimate healing came from. Yeah. Um, and it's still, obviously, it's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. I'm always saying, I'm like, 
nowhere near fully healed. I don't know if you ever are in this yeah, life because yeah. something no, else no. kind of comes along. Yeah. And that's part of the process too, is it's, it's more about an innate knowing that whatever life is going to throw our way and there's going to be so many things, it's knowing that we're going to be able to get through it and we're mm-hmm. going to have that kind of inner strength to, to face it. Mm-hmm. And I take that from all the experiences. That's yeah. what I just hold on, hold on to. Yeah, I think a lot of people, not actually a lot of people, I think everyone is a lot stronger than they think. Um, and and I know there have been times in my life and I'm sure in other people's lives where you might look back and you kind of sit there and even still you're like, wow, mm. where did that come from that day when yeah. I did X, Y, Z? Yeah. And it can still blow your mind where it came from, but it just shows you that it came from somewhere. That means it's there. Yeah. Um, even if you never thought it was and you never went searching for it and you never thought you were strong enough, you actually, I think, are. It's just you don't always know it or see it. Um, and sometimes, I unfortunately, totally. it does take huge, sometimes negative things for it to come out. But sometimes when it does come out, it's like, OK, wait a minute. Well, that's it, I think. <laughs> and that is the thing. That's my my massive messaging. And I wish <laughs> this is one of my hopes and dreams is that. I could empower every single woman not to have to go through a life-changing diagnosis, trauma, like whatever it is, that they can literally stand there and go, oh, no, I'm going to be okay. Like, I can face everything. I'm like, you know, I've got, I'm a superhero, basically. (laughs) Like, everyone is. And I got a lot of messages during my treatment because I was sharing and stuff like, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Mm. And obviously, well-meaning messages just because... People yeah. see it and see how hard it is. And, and it is. Chemotherapy is brutal. Yeah. Going through everything you go through with a cancer diagnosis is very hard. However, everyone could. Yeah. Everyone could because everyone has that. And you don't, it's like you say, it is, it's just the knowing that it's there mm-hmm. that helps people. Mm-hmm. And I think anxiety often comes from that that fear yeah. that you're not going to be able to face whatever yeah. life is throwing your way. I was such an anxious person before cancer. Like, and I'm not to say life situations don't sometimes get me feeling that yeah. old way, but having that knowledge that like I've come through some really difficult times, I'm able to like have that kind of conversation with myself and know that I, I, I can yeah. do this. So it's almost like little pep talks. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Someone, a friend earlier said, oh, you're like Bruce um, Willis in Friends. You know, and he's like talking to himself in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, I, I am now. I do that. I like talk to myself in the mirror. In fact, every single morning I do that. I um, read this great book recently called Good Morning, I Love You by Dr. Shauna Shapiro, I think is her name. Um, and basically the premise is like every morning you go like, good morning, I love you. Like you check in with yourself before you do anything else. And I have this internal chat with myself like every morning, just even when I'm re- maybe not feeling it or it's really difficult and I know it's going to be a difficult day. Just having those like little yeah. words to yourself sets you on your way like that day. I'm a big firm believer in that, like mm-hmm. kind talk to ourselves. But I, I hear it a lot. I read it a lot in books or even, you know, I know it as well. The more negative things you say to yourself, the the more negative you're going to feel. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, people always say, well, you would never say something like that to a friend. So why are you saying mm-hmm. you're... You're, you feel, I don't know, ugly today or you're not going to make that, you know, test or you're not going to do X, Y, And sometimes it can be so subtle, right? It's just people don't even realise that they're saying, they're talking themselves down and only as an observer you can be like, that was a really unkind thing you just said about yourself. Like, yeah, you're beating yourself up for something that is not, yeah. yeah. And I think it's important and that's what 
the thing is, it's important that even if you, even if you feel, let's say you feel insecure one day, and even if you feel insecure, wherever you go, just walk into that room, and even if you feel it, yeah. just say to yourself, "I." But I am. Like, give yourself something positive. Yeah. I might feel insecure, but you know what? I feel good, or yeah. I look good, or yeah. I know my hair looks good, yeah. or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm amazing. Just, yeah, just say yeah, yeah. something to yourself that will just take that little edge off and it's amazing how it does work it's probably the only time in your life that you really truly saying the words fake it to make it really (laughs) really works like it yeah because the self-love stuff like I really struggled with before my cancer diagnosis and oh I talk so negatively to myself I've had like various issues with eating disorders in the past um shame around my body like so much deep-rooted mm-hmm. horrible issues which again can't change can't go back yeah. but however having cancer and like watching my body try and live mm-hmm. and overcome like this toxicity that was being put into it week on week and how it was healing and yeah. the operation I had like and just really getting to grips with like wow bodies are mir- miracles yeah, yeah. complete and utter miracles um I found this like yeah kind of this newfound gratitude for it Mm -hmm. and that has become again a thing of like body gratitude being body grateful and it has shifted so much and whereas I'm at my heaviest than I've ever been I walk around lighter and that's that's the thing is I think and that's where the the talk to ourselves Mm -hmm. is so powerful because the my brain still obviously might go to, oh, God, our clothes aren't fitting, oh, this, that, the other, all of that stuff. Because yeah, yeah. that's lifetime of of, of thinking yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't just switch off, but the quicker I come in with, yeah. oh, but your body, your body has is, is alive. Yeah. Like, there's no greater shift in perspective. And yeah. it really does, like, go, okay, yeah. yes, it is. My body's great. My body's doing amazing <laughs> things. Like, we've yeah. got this, me yeah. and my body. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's okay to know that, when those thoughts come in, whatever the thought is, you know, if you do put on the pair of jeans and they're like, oh, my jeans aren't fitting. And, and it does, you feel that negativity yeah. sometimes, but it is. And I think those thoughts are okay. And it's, you know, okay for people to know that if you think some negative thoughts, it's not the end of the world, but you're right in the sense that how quickly can you then say the positive thing to yourself? That's it. It's not, get out of it. it's not, that's it. I, the thing is, I don't even beat myself up for the negative yeah, thoughts. Exactly. I'm really kind to myself. I kind of, Again, it's that internal dialogue. I'll be like, well, of course you're going to think like that. <laughs> Society makes us think we got to be like this and we got to look like that. And, blah, 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 blah. and then it will go to, but what has your body been through? And now you're in the menopause and you're, you know, you're on this trajectory and it's all as it has to be. Yeah. And I go, okay, all right. <laughs> I can cope with, you know, a little bit of extra weight or whatever. Like, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. Basically, it all boils down to, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here and that is never far from any thought and it actually is like what helps, you know, it's when we talk about gratitude, I think there is there is no deeper level of gratitude than being grateful for every single day. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. it helps with perspective shifts. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So how do you feel then your perspective changed from before your diagnosis to where you are now? I mean, you've said I a think, lot, but... I think it, it, it has changed dramatically I think every I think I can show up I can appreciate that even the difficult days Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. so that's the biggest shift I would say for me I would say I don't fight my feelings like I used to Mm -hmm. I don't run from them I used to um 
be quite a big drinker mm-hmm. like you know not not classified as as an alcoholic or anything like that but I was a big drinker I drunk through painful times mm-hmm. that would just be what I do mm-hmm. like okay something absolutely horrific has happened today let's go get drunk like yeah. and so that was how I handled stuff well, I was I wasn't really handling it you know yeah. it's sitting there with my cancer treatment or with my cancer diagnosis a little bit extreme but the day I was diagnosed I was like I'm not drinking anymore <laughs> because I've been such a heavy drinker I was like and my older sister had had changed a bit of her diet around I can't and she was doing well she was responding to the chemo I think again it's it's trying to hold on to any control possible yeah, in the most yeah. out of control time I was like what can I do what can I do today I've got young kids and I, I really want to do everything in my power yeah. to to be okay so I was like, I'll do whatever you're doing. Emma, tell me what you're doing and I'm going to do it. <laughs> so the alcohol went that day. And again, it was that thing of it meant I, I couldn't run from my feelings. I was like, okay, so this is what real deep sadness feels like. This is what grief feels like. Oh, it's really horrible. Oh, it's making me feel uncomfortable. Okay, let's sit with it. And like, you know, I was, um, I just changed completely as a person. I'm, I, I embrace meditation, um, kind of really... At the time I was diagnosed, I was actually doing an abundant challenge Mm -hmm. um, with Deepak Chopra, uh, where every day for 21 days you had to kind of do a task that was in a little WhatsApp group that um, (laughs) my younger sister had started and listen to a meditation. And I I don't think I'd listened to meditation before that. Maybe the odd Mm -hmm. dabble here Mm -hmm. and there, but kind of been a bit like, oh, yeah, (laughs) who's got time for that in in this day? Like five, 10 minutes, everyone has time for that. But it's, you know, you don't prioritize it. Anyway, for these 21 days, I was doing it every single day. And it carried me through finding my lump, being diagnosed, doing the scans to see if it spread, like the whole thing. Literally, the challenge finished the day I found out it hadn't spread further than my lymph nodes. Mm So I I was seeing the power of the meditation Mm -hmm. and how it was quietening that anxiety, how it was allowing me the space to really like find that peace that it was still there despite all the noise of everything else. So yeah, I think all of that has just led to this, this transformation and this kind of training to be a coach and, and to help other women and just to have that time to kind of pause Mm -hmm. and allow it and allow the feelings and just know that they will pass yeah. and that it's all temporary. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you next then. So where, you know, what are you doing now then with regards to helping people? Because you are. I mean, again, this is something that we were both talking yeah. about, wasn't it? That I've always liked to help people. Mm-hmm. I did psychology as a degree. Um, but when I finished my degree, I really couldn't have thought of anything worse than studying further because (laughs) for various reasons but also because I felt like I was living like my my younger brother was very unwell at the time um with very like a severe mental illness and it was just like I I don't think I can do further study even though my gut was like I want to be a therapist I really want to help and I my mum's nickname for me had always been caring Carly like I think I was maybe this is where the eating disorder stuff had come from in my teens was I was so good at giving friends advice and being like mm-hmm. cheering them on but really just terrible to myself like I guess was that bottom bottom of the pile mm-hmm. when it came to self-love self-compassion any yeah. of that any of that jazz um so yeah so I think that through going through this and then sharing and then realizing that actually my natural way of being mm-hmm. which I don't think I'd ever really given myself credit for 
is that I am quite a positive person and I can face things and I'm aware of my strength, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that stuff that had happened before that had led to the anxiety or the low self-esteem, all of this stuff was like, oh God, cancer, this is here to, to, to move me forward, to propel me in a different way. Um, so yeah, so I really just have gone down that path. I really want to help people. I don't, I want, if I see someone that is a bit like how I used to be, like yeah. old me before cancer me, BC, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, come on. Like it's, there's just like one degree yeah, to yeah. get to stepping outside of our yeah, fears yeah. or embracing who you really want to be or how you really yeah. want to show up. Um, so yeah, so I think that is where I really want to help people. So I've trained as a coach. I'm, I always play around with, should I do some therapy training now? Like I've got my psychology degree. So I think in any way, shape or form, it's about giving back. And Mm -hmm. I think I do believe that that is what life is about. It's connection. Mm. It's uh, sharing our stories. It's helping another person. But also at the same time, you kind of help yourself. Yeah. I think it's Stephen said it, one of my favorite podcasters (laughs) podcasters to listen to. Um, He said he started his podcast because he it was a way for him to have the conversations yeah. that he wanted to have to help himself too. And I think we kind of all are doing that as well. Like we're navigating into fields that yeah. are of interest, you yeah. know, having the conversations we want to have, like looking at different ways to heal and different ways to, yeah. you know, have these life affirming moments. Yeah. So, yeah, um, well, I agree. Cause that's the thing is I, when I speak to people, I learn something new yeah. for myself. So yes, obviously I'm helping, you know, I hope I'm helping other people and obviously sharing other people's mm-hmm. stories. But I then realise when I speak to people, I come away and I'm like, oh, there's yeah. something new for me to work on or something yeah. new for me to understand. And I love that as well. And I think that is what you're saying about the sharing of the stories, because, you know, we sit here today and we're sharing our stories together. And obviously we're sharing your story, but it's amazing how much, even the smallest thing that you can take from someone else's story um, that can move you forward. Mm. But you're right in the in the sense as well, when you say about that one degree um, of getting to your comfort zone or sorry, getting out of your comfort mm. zone or getting away from fear. or But that one degree, even though it's tiny, teeny tiny, is one of the hardest things to shift to go, actually, I'm going to face X yeah. today or I'm going to do Y today. Doing that thing that takes you out of your comfort zone is one of the, I mean, is the scariest thing ever. But when you do it, it's amazing what you can see, how life opens up after you do it. And that life is still carries on, right? Yeah, life carries <laughs> on. It's like, oh, it was, I remember, like, I think, was it before my cancer diagnosis? I think I had to do a story on Instagram talking and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> palpitations, like, how am I going to do this? Oh my God, what? who am I to do this? And then it was like, oh, no one cares. <laughs> Literally, I could talk all day to this bloody phone and no one would actually care. But you, you, you tell yourself these major stories. Um, but yeah, it was, it is exactly that, that it can be really hard to see yourself stepping into mm-hmm. a different space or mm-hmm. like, for me, yeah, again, it goes back to the cancer thing. Before cancer, I had a life I had a life coach. She's now one of my closest friends. And the goals with her were on a personal level to love my body. Mm-hmm. And on a business level, I wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to write mm-hmm. cancer. It was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I love this body. <laughs> this body has been with me since day one. Like, yeah. I grew in my mum's tummy, like what an amazing connection yeah. to have, you know, all of this different narrative. Yeah. And then it was like, I'm writing a book. Well, 
well, of course I can write a book. Yeah, like yeah. everyone, everyone can do what they want to yeah, do. Yeah. Like, why am I holding myself back? Yeah. And I think it's that, and that's where the coaching for me comes Definitely. in. It's like I just want to anyone. If even if I had a friend say, um, she loved like I think she was coaching a netball team, and I was just like. Oh, there you go. Yeah, like, yeah. just, or she was playing on a netball team and she loved it and she'd always loved it. I was like, well, why don't you coach your kids? Net- yeah, like, yeah. bring your passion, however it is, into your life. Mm-hmm. Like, I do a lot of that. The inner, it's the inner child yeah. healing, right? <laughs> like, connecting back to what we loved yeah, as kids. Yeah. It's kind of go to myself, when did that stop? Why did I just, yeah, like, yeah. stop doing what I absolutely loved yeah. then? Teenage years. Yeah. yeah They're yeah, tricky. Yeah. You kind yeah. of all goes, like, it becomes all about social and yeah but that's the thing as well isn't it it's when maybe the things you like to do or what you're passionate about to do maybe if they're maybe quirky or they're classified as in inverted commas weird which they're usually not but that's when people do hold themselves back because they're too scared to do you know things that maybe aren't the social norm or you're not seeing on social media but actually if that is who you are and that is who you know that what is that is what makes you the person you are yeah then to be authentically it. who then you are. I know, I know. It's all it all comes down to fear, doesn't it? And oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. how our ego just gets in the way of everything yeah. and makes us like want to be as small as possible because <laughs> that's safe. Like this feels familiar. That's safe, yeah. and it's like it's it can be safe to do yeah, the other yeah. things too. Yeah, and it is the who am I? Who am I to do this? Like yeah. who am I to you know put this on social media? Yeah. Or who am I to you know write a book? Who am I yeah. to do some of these amazing things that people dream about? But actually. You are the person that can do it. Yeah. If you just put your mind to doing it, yeah. you can do it. Yeah. Um, is what I think. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how are you doing now? How am I doing now? I'm, my health is good. I um, finished treatment coming up to two years, mm-hmm. two years next month. And so I probably have some scans coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in this funny kind of place where... It, it becomes so free, the diary, with nothing cancer-related. And then suddenly it's like, oh, no, that, that world still exists. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, take myself back into yeah. that world. Deep breaths. Um, but health-wise, good. I, because of carrying the BRCA1 gene mutation, had my ovaries out mm-hmm. just over a year ago, which thrust me into the surgical menopause at, like, 39. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal. But, yeah. you know, you you move and... Actually, I'm, I've ple- been weirdly pleasantly surprised by that mm-hmm. because, yeah, I think there's a lot of negative talk around the med- menopause and I know a lot of women really do struggle. Um, but I had so much anxiety and fear going into that operation that I was going to struggle. I can't have any HRT because of my diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how, how am I going to be? And actually, like... I found various ways to to manage it yeah. all. Um, I'm doing okay, and that's yeah. like so. In a way, that's really been quite empowering to mm-hmm. me. Like that, okay, I've got this again. Yeah. Another thing, another of those curveballs, like menopause. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm good. I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all my like tools in place, <laughs> and I've got my therapist. I got my yeah. coach. You know, I I did the coaching predominantly to kind of help myself in a way to be like what what are these ways I can do you know help face things and give myself some confidence and give myself compassion and yeah it's good it's all good yeah it's finding the the good structures and and the things that just help you get through the good habits or the good structures finding that can help you propel into you know 
whatever you want your life to be and yeah. however you want your life to go. Um, and it can be small stuff. Wait, no, you, like I said about the, the, the checking in on myself, that is five minutes before yeah. I look at my phone, before I get out of bed. It's like that peace and quiet to myself of like five yeah. minutes and just almost a bit of visualization, like going from like my feet or if yeah. we're into chakras, the root chakra, <laughs> all the way up to the crown chakra. Yeah. And it's just kind of checking in and being like really present with myself and my body. And that five minutes, it is it is just massively helping. I, yeah. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty in many things at the minute in my life. And that is, just gives me that space, that mm-hmm. space to kind of be like, okay, mm-hmm. we've got this. We've yeah. got this. Let's go. Exactly. We've got this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's important as well that those small little things that you do, you know, for anyone that does them, I think a lot of the time people, especially when they've just started them, don't see the improvements or they don't see the positive effects they're having. But if you just keep doing it. Yeah. It, it kind of subconsciously just becomes a part of your life. Yeah. And it even if you don't see it working, it actually does. Even behind the scenes, it does. It, I mean, you, you've probably had the same thing too of like when you go through something and then you, you work on healing yourself and exploring all these different avenues. Like I know my brain is different now. Yeah. I know everything that I've gone through, the way I, I approach life, the, the gratitude I have for it, like – it's all just, it's there, it's quicker. And I know it sounds extreme to to be so grateful for everything because I'm alive and I get mm-hmm. to be alive. But that level of gratitude just means that nothing's taken for granted. Yeah. You just don't, so, yeah, which then allows me to embrace every avenue of yeah. whatever this interesting experience yeah. throws my way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, again, like you were saying, it's important then that you know that, you can look back and be grateful for the fact you never gave up. Yeah. Because I'm sure there were so many times you wanted to. Um, and there were, you can look back and go, but I never gave up. And you can now see how your brain's different. And you can see yeah. how things are different because you never gave up. Yeah. I think that's important as well. I think it's, the, the brain changing is, is a whole new field now, isn't it? About how we actually can rewire our brains. Mm-hmm. And I think I that it. <laughs> it, it's incredible. And it gives, again, it goes down to that hope, right? Yeah. Where someone can feel like they, they're not going to be able to. It's like, no, you can. And yeah. if you actually just start really small, like really, really mm-hmm. small, with just one kind thought to yourself, let's yeah. start there. If you can do that, then build it up yeah. to two. Then, you know, and it's, yeah, it, it's it's hopeful. And I think that's what every single human being needs, yeah. potentially to survive all that life is going to yeah. throw people's way is that element of hope. I think hope is just... Yeah, yeah. just needed. <laughs> hope is really important. Yeah. Um, and even if it's the tiniest little bit of hope, like you were saying, that one step, that one building block, you know, yeah. each day, it does it does add up if you just keep along with it. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then I just wanted to ask if you've got any advice for women that either have the BRCA gene in their family and obviously people can get tested, so they might be worried to get tested just in case they find out the results, or they have been tested and they do have the gene. Kind of what would you say to women that might be in that stage? Um, So with the BRCA gene mutation, um, I I think that community and support is really Mm -hmm. important. I would, that would be my biggest recommendation. I I actually started to host um, a meetup at Future Dreams charity Mm -hmm. in London. And that's, again... I, I've I've said yes to doing that because I needed that. Yeah. Like finding out I carried the BRCA1 gene mutation it came a few um, 
think it was a few months after my diagnosis. That was by far my biggest cry. That was like, oh my God, my kids might have this. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like my brain just went straight to that and straight to all of, you know, Mm -hmm. the many decisions to the fact that I would potentially have to have my ovaries out before I had a third child and that had always been a hope. And, you know, so finding out you've got that and obviously people finding out they have got the gene mutation before getting a cancer Mm -hmm. diagnosis brings with it so many big conversations and they are big conversations and I think having those conversations with people that understand it just helps Mm -hmm. ginormously Mm -hmm. um so yes that would be my biggest tip and there are some amazing people out there um there's a lovely girl called Kristen she set up a charity Mm -hmm. called Breca Chat um so there's there's loads of spaces out there and I think it's this thing isn't it we live in a world before I got diagnosed I was in like the mummy bloggery world a bit more because of the business that my husband runs and I was kind of helping out with and that's a whole world and there's loads going on there and then it's like I got diagnosed opened me up to this world of incredible people that you can connect Mm -hmm. with and share I think with anything you face there's people out there that are sharing that are providing hope that are being vulnerable honest you know authentic all of those things find your people like it is you know we are yes we have I always say like the hero is within you like Mm -hmm. we can face this stuff but oh my goodness support helps massively as well like yeah Yeah, yeah. you're not alone yeah yeah. I think that's the important thing is is to know you're not alone um and I think it it really does help because obviously when obviously unfortunately things happen is you do become very isolated or you do get into your head a lot and you feel very lonely but that's the ironic thing is there's actually so many people out there who are maybe going through the same or similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely to know that you're not alone. Yeah. And then I wanted to also ask them for women that obviously do have breast cancer and they haven't got a glimmer of hope yet. And they're at that stage where they just, you know, it's, it's, it's just darkness at the mm-hmm. moment. What would you say to them? I kind of often, I guess, say like, that other people can become that hope. So when I was in that moment, it was other people that were my hope. Yeah. I just looked to them. It's like, okay. There was one friend who I reached out to and I remember it was around Christmas time. Oh, I've got goosebumps thinking about it. And she was just like, you know, I've just put my my bell on the tree that I rang at, at, at uh, my last chemo. And she said, you'll be putting your bell on your tree next yeah. year. And, you know, it's little things like that that you just go, yeah, I'm going to bank that. Like mm-hmm. that I'm going to hold tight to. So if someone feels hopeless, then just look to somebody else mm-hmm. that's there going like, I'm here, yeah. I'm through. Yeah. It's hard. It's yeah. dark. It's so many times you'll just feel so pushed. It, being pushed, I think, physically, like you would face like your physical mm-hmm. um, trauma and stuff, like that physical thing, you're, you're drained, you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. It then affects you mentally. Mm-hmm. They all go hand in hand, like, you're being pushed. You're being pushed. The universe is testing you <laughs> massively, right? It's going like, here we go. I'm going to knock you and I'm going to knock you again. And I'm gonna, and you feel like, oh, my God, I'm battered. And it is. It then is that thing of just holding on to tiny little things. And I always say, like, especially when it comes to treatment and getting through it, like, even if you're crawling, just yeah. it's that little little movements. You're getting there. Yeah. You are moving. You're f- towards, you know. Mm-hmm. 
and that's all we can do at times yeah absolutely crawl. yeah well that yeah, yeah you're right it is sometimes you just have to crawl yeah um and it is finding even the tiniest little things like you said just to i think waking yeah. up every day you are you know that is strength and waking yeah. up every day you they, even if you don't see it that is hope because yeah. you're you know you're getting up and well, you're, it's another day exactly it's another day we get and that is the way i see life life is biggest privilege and gift and like you know when people are like oh I'm turning old this age I'm like oh my god are you (laughs) kidding me like bring it on please god can I be like an 80 year old grandma with my nipple nubs which I've had recreated you know like so I probably am you know I'm perma erect with my fake ones and it's like let me get to that age and be that I would give my right arm I'm yeah, right yeah. Um, this is my right arm you know <laughs> um yeah it's like it's a, it's a privilege so yeah. every single day life for me is a very beautiful thing yeah. despite all of the pain yeah. and there is pain in fact again it was that book that I read recently said um what, did, what was the there was an equation it was so good suffering equals pain times resistance okay and it basically implies that and again it's there's going to be some there is suffering but if you can resist zero like not like accept every single thing that is thrown our way just accept just okay i accept it okay okay i don't know why it's happening but i accept it breathe um if you multiply anything by zero it's zero so your suffering is zero it doesn't mean you can't have the pain the pain is coming like the life is painful losing people is painful you know Mm -hmm. grief diagnosis people dying before they should like Mm -hmm. all of so much is painful Mm -hmm. but it's if you can accept it as part of this experience mm. then you get less suffering yeah, yeah, yeah. and I really liked that I was like actually that is so true yeah. when I've been in my most suffering space it's definitely been because I've been like resisting whatever is going on yeah and not accepting it and kind of feeling a bit sorry for myself or whatever it is mm-hmm. like yeah yeah no yeah I I, that one close yeah no I like that I like that and it is kind of just accepting learning to accept but I think acceptance is a really really difficult thing to do yeah but it is acceptance well, in a way again it goes back to the control it's like people find it very hard to accept and that was part of my cancer diagnosis this wasn't this wasn't how I had things yeah. down like no no <laughs> I was not meant to get breast cancer at 37 and then lockdown happens. I'm homeschooling. I'm going through chemo. Like, what? The, are you kidding me? This was not part of my grand plan. And it's like, well, nothing actually is. Yeah. Nothing is like, so then, yeah, the acceptance yeah. of letting go of whoever we thought we were meant to be and mm. connecting into just whoever we are. Like, yeah. and that's, and that is quite a, it can be a really fun, exciting, yeah. liberating experience yeah, yeah. actually going, okay, none of that. That was all stories I had about yeah. myself. Like, I can be whoever I want to yeah. be, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think that is the nail on the head. You can be whoever the, whoever you want yeah. to be. And we all have a picture, maybe whether it was 10 years ago, five years ago, or a year ago, even a month ago, yeah. of the person we thought we wanted to be. Yeah. And unfortunately, life sometimes throws that major, main, yeah. you know, plenty of them, but sometimes that one major curveball, which takes you so off the track, so off the path. And it's like, okay, this isn't anyone I thought um, I was. you just got to be who you are today. Yeah. Right? Whoever we are yeah. today, right yeah. now, is who we are yeah. right now. <laughs> exactly. And that's when you can kind of sit back and go, right, well, I'm going to build who I want to be now. Yeah. Sometimes actually when we are taken to that place, it's like, okay, well, I've been thrown so off the path I thought. It's time for me yeah. to show me yeah. who I want to be. Yeah. Um, 
So it can be amazing. Yeah, it can be amazing. Thank you. Um, And I just wanted to ask, did you have a mastectomy? I had a double mastectomy, reconstruction with my tummy tissue. Mm -hmm. I'm quite vocal about it. I call them my tummy tits. (laughs) Um, And lymph node removed. Yeah, and ovaries out. I have a smiley face of scars. Mm -hmm. If you have your tummy tissue... um, as your reconstruction, yeah. as opposed to implants, you kind of have a hip to hip scar okay. and they rebuild your belly button as well because they kind of take mm-hmm. so much away. So they kind of pull it down, stretch it down. Um, so, yeah, my smiley face of scars. Yeah. But how was that then? Obviously, you know, when you see the scars, because obviously when people see scars on their body, men and women, you know, yeah. when people see scars on their body, it's, again, a mind altering, you know, because yeah. physical, it, you suddenly physically or not who you used to be looking in the mirror. How did you, you know, how did that? Um, I would say again that there is a process Mm -hmm. and you are not going to come out of surgery with such a big change to your body and automatically go, wow, amazing. Like, absolutely not. I woke up from that surgery when I was eventually able to get to a bathroom to see myself. My bra had two circular discs mm-hmm. cut out from it because they had to kind of check that um the blood vessel had mm-hmm. taken they were checking it every 15 minutes and there was no nipples there I'd had a you know I wasn't able to have a nipple saving saving mastectomy so there was just flat skin and you know you're looking at yourself going this is not what I saw in the mirror yeah. for 30 what was I 38 then 38 years of yeah. my life like my body has changed drastically overnight yeah. um it was all taped up and things like that I think again, it's that thing of it's it's a process, mm-hmm. but then your body's healing, and you're like, whoa, like bloody hell! Yeah. They took tummy tissue and vessels <laughs> from my tummy. I couldn't even walk. Now I'm walking. Yeah. I'm able to like lift my arms yeah, up yeah. again. Like my body's doing this amazing yeah. thing, and it was a real like loving, caring, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind. Yeah, little yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. I had going on in that respect um and getting to know my scars and my new body it's it, again it's a yeah it, it takes time yeah, yeah. but it again it's the body grateful the body yeah, gratitude yeah. like when I was four weeks in after my surgery and I went for a birthday dinner and I wore like quite small heels it's just like oh my god my body's amazing like yeah. <laughs> you know and you do kind of go four weeks ago I really really couldn't yeah, couldn't get yeah, out of bed like so I think I again and whether that's my mind or just how it naturally is but I really was just more I was just more blown away than yeah. anything by my body yeah. and I've really like started to love my scars and mm-hmm. really you know I do a lot of writing um and I find that very healing and yeah so there's been kind of a appreciation of yeah. them and again it's it's an acceptance mm-hmm. would I prefer my old body yeah probably but that's not I'm not getting yeah, that yeah. back so why would I think about that yeah, you know yeah. I gotta be in this yeah, body yeah. and um yeah again it's a bit out there and it's a bit more spiritual but it forced me to connect more with mm-hmm. him and realize that our bodies aren't that important mm-hmm. I think someone who I follow, Alex Light, maybe said it's like the least interesting thing about us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and it, that's helped me massively yeah, with yeah. kind of growth and, yeah, starting to love myself more and who I am. Yeah. It's not my body. Mm-hmm. Like, I follow amazing accounts that, you know, <laughs> reaffirm that message <laughs> because it is one that is a very strong one. It's been there for a very long yeah. time how 
we're meant to be, mm-hmm. what size we're meant to be, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Like my mum was the most incredible woman. She was also a beautiful model with an mm-hmm. exceptional body. <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, that's yeah. not her fault. That's just how it was. And so <laughs> I, I had this, it was deeply ingrained. Like, so yeah, yeah. But bodies are amazing. Yeah. And anyone facing that surgery just, yeah, hold on. Like it's, it is I, I don't can't think of another word other than brutal. It really is brutal. Yeah. Like you're sliced. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. like a slice apart. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. cut up, placed back in. Like you feel really like you've you've really been in the yeah. wars. And now I'm like you know absolutely fine. Yeah, I was jumping off boats <laughs> and roller skating. <laughs> I think I was rollerblading six weeks in. So yeah. that's that's good for somebody to hear. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely, got to have those goals, that goal mindset. Yeah, yeah. And I like when you said about the hills because I remember when I first wore hills again. Yeah. And I was just, I was blown away. Yeah. I was like, wow, like uh, I can wear heels. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, it's not a big thing, you know, especially for everyone. But yeah, it's it, not even a big thing for me. But it was a big thing. Because, but it is a big thing was, because when you haven't been able to walk, yeah, and you are in whatever, it, it, even if you're in a boot or a cast or whatever it is, or you know, taped up and put back together. It is a big deal. Yeah. It all is a big deal. Yeah. Walking straight for me was a big deal. I was yeah, like yeah. walking like this for ages because, you know, it all becomes yeah. like tick, tick, yeah, tick. exactly. Like, and, that's, and that's, I think, a very positive way to approach something yeah. is with those goals in mind, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right in the sense that our bodies are amazing. What our bodies do internally, yeah. it's... I mean, it's beyond me. It's it is amazing. I I, I truly, truly, every day thank my body. Mm. That is just part. Again, it's that kind of check in with myself. But I thank my body. Yeah. Thank it for everything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're that's... friends now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like it's like what I was saying before. It's it's like the self talk, you know. But also, it's it's your body as well. It's you can be friends with yourself and love yourself, but your body as well yeah you know not just who you are and what you see looking at your face and inside but your body yeah um yeah learning to love your body is is really important so we've only got one (laughs) exactly exactly so I agree is there anything else that you wanted to discuss today I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) um is there anything else I want to discuss today whilst we're here? Um, just that I think that what you're doing is amazing. Thank and I you. think it's such an important platform and space and to share these stories of hope. And I think it's about empowering one another. And yeah, if if anyone's listening today that goes away and goes, okay, I feel mm-hmm. a little bit more mm-hmm. like I can face whatever life is throwing my way today, then we've done a great job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. It's been a pleasure. Loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Carly, for joining me. And not only for sharing your story, but for all your advice and understanding about the BRCA gene and living with cancer. So remember, if you feel hopeless, look to someone else today. The hero is within you. But find your people. You really are not alone. And please remember to never give up hope. If all you can do today is crawl, however that action might be for you, then crawl. And tomorrow morning, you have one task. Channel your inner Bruce Willis, if you watch Friends, or channel your inner Carly. And when you wake up, say, good morning, I love you to yourself, before you do anything else. You got this. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.